Don't make me sing. Can I just get a wiggle, Kelsey? Just a wiggle? Okay, <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> Okay, how's everybody doing today? We are good. We are good. Yeah. I love how Tony decided to say we are good. <laughs> I, nobody else responded. Speak well, for yourself. We didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance. Okay, I'm dying. I'm so wow. No, I'm. Why good. are you dying? Oh, um, I'm not disclosing all that. Oh. Yeah. She. You can tell listening to her voice. She's got like a cold or something. No, that's, half, that's half my problem. That's only half of it. What's the other half? Another sickness. Oh. <laughs> Tony wouldn't understand. Oh. <laughs> well, well. What was that about workplace trends? <laughs> I was going to say, so let's, let's. You just don't understand me. <laughs> let's have a little fun. We spent our last show talking an awful lot about sleep, and I could tell I. I hit some buttons and I got a little luxury and I'm sorry if it came off no, that way, no. you guys. But it was like the mama bear stuff that we need to hear sometimes. Yeah. You guys are allowed to nap. It's okay. Yeah. You could take or a nap too if you want. To get seven or eight hours of continuous sleep. Yeah, I think night, I'm just going to try to do that. Yeah. Your job is to push our buttons. So let's be real. Well, hopefully my job is to <laughs> help make you guys stimulate us better, more successful young professionals so mm -hmm. that I can help accelerate your careers. And yeah, being healthy because you're sleeping well, that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but so I thought for this next one, let's just have a little bit of fun because gosh, does it seem like there's a lot of weird stuff about millennials in the in the uh, news and you guys know how I hate that word because it's become I'm, I'm gonna drop a big word everybody know what a pejorative is Alana you're not allowed to answer I do not you don't know what it is? You I've know? heard it. So a, it's, it's she said of, I wasn't allowed to answer. It's one of my most favorite Kelsey words. asked earlier she said do you know what a cacophony is and I said yes <laughs> and she was like Wow. <laughs> oh, that's the word of the day, by the way. That's cacophony. the word of the day, folks. Cacophony. Cacophony. What does cacophony mean? Like a bunch of sounds going on at the same time. That so make like no kind sense. Of chaotic. So yeah. Loud, deranged noises. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why we confusing. have a word of the day. We just we, we do like team bonding stuff. Yeah, we we'll like tell random. jokes and, and we, look at we stuff do would together. You yeah, would you rather? Yeah. 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 In some of the downtime, so we, we so, started looking so up words. So pejorative. The, the millennial word is pejorative. I believe that it has become a pejorative. So a pejorative is a noun. If something is a pejorative, uh, it is if a word has become universally seen as negative. Millennial. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you can, It's and it's typically used for words that aren't um, cuss words. So, for example, obviously douchebag would be a pejorative. But <laughs> nobody would call that word a pejorative because it was designed initially, well, actually, well, it's just been hijacked. But anywho, yeah, so millennial, which is just a descriptive word of a particular generation, has definitely become a pejorative negative. because so many people use it negatively. Yeah. So I like to keep my radar tuned to what's going on in the world around my audience who I have chosen to dedicate my discretionary time to to help and there was this bizarre so I get this list of Google alerts right so all these stories come together it's like oh you know and I I, I think my Google alert is millennials or Gen Z's in the workplace like those three words is what Never it looks heard for. Never of a Google alert. 
Alana. I know. I get alerts for stuff that's Marvel related, and I didn't even set it up. Okay, as the social <laughs> media coordinate uh, manager for New Radio Media, you need to. Yeah. So basically, I guess so. what you do is you you go into Google and yeah. you create a, a, an alert around specific words. I kind of don't want that though. So anytime <laughs> anytime New Radio Media would be in the news, you would want there to be an alert. Oh, okay. If yeah, any that, of your show different. names yeah, okay, are in gotcha. the news, and so it will just automatically source and send you the articles that have the keywords you've looked for so anybody in social media every day day and so you can just scan (laughs) and you can say okay of those eight alerts seven Uh, of them were press releases that we put out so i get it but hey what's this one criticizing our website or whatever Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it, you it would it would definitely help you. Yeah. But anyway, so so I get one every day, and I, I trash most of them, and and like I said, there might be six or seven, and in this one, the exact same listing was a headline: survey says millennials would take a pay cut to work for an environmentally conscious company. You know, the social activism or the conscious consumerism or all the stuff that you you hear people say. Oh, but I want my work to be purposeful, right? So that's an article supporting that viewpoint. Followed immediately by the next headline that says, Millennials don't want, quote, hipster jobs, unquote. They want health care, which would imply, fuck the purposeful job. I want to make sure I'm getting benefits. So they obviously contradict each other. And I just, so my note to myself was the irony, the contradiction with trying to put a huge group of people yeah. into one category mm-hmm. called millennials. And when everybody's different regardless of exactly. what freaking age you are. Yeah, exactly. what your values are. God. Yeah, it doesn't depend so, on I mean, can't we want to make money and have health care and work for an environmentally friendly company? Because that would be me. Exactly. That's but let's me. say that you have diabetes and so health care is going to be a priority for you. That's true. Or let's say you spent two years in the Peace Corps and saw some things that really bothered mm-hmm. you and so social responsibility is going to be more like you're, everyone's you're individuals. Exactly. And they're trying to act like every millennial is this lazy, good for nothing teenager that wants to stay in their mom's basement forever, which is not the case for 90% yeah. of us. There's a keyword in that article, too, and the keyword is. Oh, Tony. Oh, man. It's pay cut. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was hipster. I'm not. Are they going to offer me a, like, like are they going to offer me less money or are they just going to cut my pay because it's going to be, they're going to be putting it into lessening their carbon footprint. (laughs) So that's actually a great point and a work hack I can give to all of you and the audience right now. This is kind of a bizarre thing about the world, but the better the company's brand the lower they pay. So, for example, if you were to work, I don't know, I'll make this up. I'm a sidewalk in New York City, and I have Tiffany's, and I have um, a big, you know, but locally owned family-run jewelry store. Mm -hmm. Odds are the family-run jewelry store is going to pay you more than Tiffany's because there's such a brand halo associated with working at Tiffany's Mm -hmm. that they can attract people at a lower pay rate. Ah. So as companies are learning that socialism, social responsibility, conscious consumerism matters to millennials, and I'm, I don't know, Tom's Shoes, can I get a social media coordinator and pay them less because it's cool to work for Tom's Shoes than, say, Walmart pays their social media Mm. coordinator? Mm -mm. Probably. There will be somebody out there who will say yes. To work, I mean, somebody is going to work for Mm. less money to work for a brand that you want to work for. Mm. I, I. I've thought about that. There's been points where something like if I really would consider it, it's like if there was like a job for 
at like a big company versus like a small company and they both do the same thing mm-hmm. and it's a company that you really wanted to work for. But they mm-hmm. were paying you less, you would go. If it was an, if it was something that you dreamed about or something that you thought why wouldn't you? I mean, cuz it's less money. Would you rather? Because geography is destiny. I've taught you guys that one before. Yeah. I will give you a real world example. A young woman who I know graduated from U of M, wants to get a job in the music business, found out that there was an opening at a very large talent agency in Nashville, Tennessee. The job paid minimum wage. Mm. Oh. Nah. But, no. but, but the you're brand getting recognition. On the, and you're getting in the entry, you're getting in yeah. the ground floor of a really well-known company. And yeah. just by being there, chances of you being able to move up and have a spot someday are dramatically improved so they can pay minimum wage for their entry level jobs. It's I'm not saying it's good. It's right. it's kind of shitty and exploitive. I'm just saying it's but out you're there. You're exposing that that's a thing. I, and I didn't realize Definitely it before, but it totally to look makes out sense. For. It makes yeah. sense. You know, I feel like you can make your work your work regardless of where it's at and you make yourself look good or not, mm-hmm. regardless if you're at this big company or this little company. Cuz yeah. if you're at the little company and you do a kick-ass job and everything looks great, you know, you'd still feel satisfied at the end of the day. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. If you care about your work. Yeah. I think. Maybe. Well, Unless it's you just go to do it and then go home. And it all depends Some on everybody's people, individual yeah. value systems, which back to to put all of this under the millennial umbrella does a disservice to every millennial I know, let alone creating, you know, we've talked before about the um, generational biases that exist in the workplace. Yeah. And so for a bunch of, you know, Xer, I'm a, I'm a Gen X news hound. And if I worked with a lot of young people and I saw some of the stuff that I see out there, it would really affect the way I see the younger people I work with. So it doesn't it's not doing anybody any favors and I wish it would just stop, but that train's left the station. I just thought it was interesting and I wanted to share it with you guys. You think any other generation has the that pejorative <laughs> feel to negative it. connotation to I, the title? Uh, yeah, I think that the that the boomers started off that way with I was the hippie generation that too. thing. Yeah. The whole What do you mean? Everybody oh, was always know, blaming sex, the baby sex, boomers. Well, if you go back to when they were you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know, and um, drop in and drop out and free love. And okay. So they had this, you know, reputation uh-huh. um, as being, you know, dirty and lazy and druggy and all of that. But okay. the, the irony is, um, and I've read some stuff on this too, the actual percentage of people in that age range who were living what I'll call in my air quotes the hippie lifestyle yeah. was actually really tiny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the kids were going to school, Straight getting their edge. degree. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, it had a pejorative associated yeah. with it, but it wasn't very grounded in reality. Has Gen X ever had, like, a negative I was always raised by boomers, it? and I was always told Gen Xers were the problem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it's always the generation <laughs> before. Yeah, blaming yeah. the next one, I think right? that's very that's common. That's just the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I was always told the Xers like to party hard. That's what their thing was. I remember hearing that yes. we were um, we were the the me generation, but that's been assigned to every generation. I mean, you can go back to the twenties with the flappers. I mean, you're exactly right on it. Mm-hmm. You know, young people are just always you know under the microscope and they suffer the heaviest criticism. Yeah. But it's interesting how this one is following you guys into young adulthood. Yeah, it feels like it's staying longer. Yeah. and I certainly don't read the same stuff about Gen Z. That, which is the next generation mm-hmm. coming up that I was reading about Which Tony is more Gen Z, technically, right? Yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm, like, on the border. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. literally right on the edge. I'm, like, either a millennial oh. slash Gen Z. I'm, and yeah. you know what this whole conversation should prove is it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. 
You got yeah. crazy partiers in every generation. You got the people who are going to go to school and work in every generation. It's Well, the other thing that I read last week is by 2025, which I know sounds super far away, but in five short years, you guys will be 75% of the workforce. Mm-hmm. So wow. you're going to be able so, to blow these stupid right. stereotypes out of the water just by sheer numbers. As because as boomers are going to be retiring. Yep. And as long as the new building is going up, aren't falling. <laughs> what did you say? Because then they'll just give us more crap. I said as long as all the new buildings that start going up don't start falling. Oh, it'll probably be a lot more vir- virtual jobs versus, like, yeah. building We're always going to need infrastructure, jobs. though. Yeah. Did you guys hear about the Bernie Sanders thing last week? I've heard a lot I mean, about that. him announcing that he wants to run or what? Uh, yeah, this is just why I love this generation so much. So, you know, it's a very crowded field. And they're talking about, you know, now they do the whole fundraising track on who's raising what after they announce. So mm-hmm. you have Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar. I can't ever pronounce her name. And uh, all of the ones out there, Elizabeth Warren, et cetera, et cetera. So he announces last week and within 48 hours of his announcement, he raised $6 million. The closest uh, oh. the closest contender had raised a million. And it was all because of young people. People love Bernie. <laughs> the average donation was $27. I feel like people oh, really wow. like what he's saying without actually reading into it, though. Good old and they're grandpa, like, Bernie! Good old Grandpa Bernie. <laughs> what I, what I, I love his ideas. And what, so I, what I, I, I don't hate. What I love about that is not that I like Bernie or dislike Bernie. Yeah. But um, what I loved about it is the power of this generation. Yeah. Everybody that doesn't like him is like, he's old and he's going to die. And then everybody that does like him is like, Meow. well, Trump is in his 70s, too. They're all so, old when they run. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, they're old men. My point for is, the most part. every one of those candidates has their base, mm-hmm. and that base may or may not be yeah. engaged. Bernie's base is young, and Bernie's base kicks Yeah, and the fact that you're saying that like the average donation was just twenty seven dollars, it's just like I'm gonna give you know my full tank of gas. Yep. You know what I mean? Like for this guy. (laughs) For this guy. So so like that's pretty. That is pretty incredible. Actually. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just uh, I'm a little bit on love fest of you guys. (laughs) Why do you love millennials so much? She finds us interesting. I find you, um, I I think as a woman who has always appreciated the questioning of authority, I have found you guys to be very resistant to the status quo, very resistant to because we've always done it this way, we should continue (coughs) to do this. There's just a questioning and there's a curiosity about you guys um, that I feel people of my generation translate that into, well, if they're questioning it, it's because they're entitled or it's because they're lazy. And I'm like... No, they're questioning it because it doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) So if I could say that there's one or two things that I think characterize this generation, it's that there's just an automatic, why does it have to be that way? I think as a generation, you guys are more colorblind than generations before you. I think you are more socially interested and engaged than generations before you. And so I just find it inspiring. Mm -hmm. And it probably hit me, I would say when my... When my daughter was like a freshman or a sophomore in college and her brother was finishing up high school and I just saw how smart they were. Digital natives had so much more access to information than I did at their same age. The way they saw things, 
I just remember thinking, they're going to change the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the political system is probably totally rigged. It doesn't even bother me because you guys We're are going to fix it. it. <laughs> and you're, you're going to have the number, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It just... You've been a very inspiring um, generation to me for a long time. So that's awesome. I figured it had something to do with your kids. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I feel like for the most part we're really. I mean, I, I don't know about for each individual person in this category, but very friendly and open-minded. You're willing to talk with somebody that you don't necessarily agree with and without putting them down mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's funny. She used to bring her crew to my house uh, maybe one weekend a month and like six or eight kids would all descend on my house. They'd come in Friday night and they'd leave Saturday or they'd come in Saturday morning and leave Sunday morning. But what I remember thinking was when I was 20 years old, I wasn't going to sit at some woman's kitchen mm -hmm. to get her advice on what I should do with my life. I was out partying and having fun and being mm -hmm. stupid. And so that's where I was. And it wasn't just her. So I got exposure to several young people mm -hmm. in their mindset. I'm like, they're just, I don't know, you're just cool. I just think you're cool. I think you're cool, Jenny. No, thanks. <laughs> I think with millennials, too, you get a lot of, like, the, it's like a misguided energy, too, sometimes. It's like a, like, we, we all mean well, but sometimes yeah. we don't have the guidance right the to guidance well. that's there to push the you know I, yeah to do well exactly well, or to bring it out in a positive way that's probably sometimes. how bossy skirt was we tried. was born because I, that's exactly right i it's like the people who came to the house it was a revolving door based on what their individual needs were because they needed advice for different reasons so i'm going to use that as a jumping off point can we talk about weed Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> All right, I want, I want to help everybody with this, because this was in the news last week. I sound like a news podcast, but I just there were all these really interesting things I wanted to talk to you guys You're about. You're just very relevant. You miss us. I didn't that. get to see you last week. I yeah. think that's why. So there was a ruling. A, a girl had uh, applied for a job, landed the job, and what happens is you don't take the drug test with the company until after they've made you a job offer, because it costs money, right? It's like 25 to 50 bucks to take a drug test, so they're not going to spend it on anybody. They're only going to spend it on people they made job, job offers to. After she took the drug test, she failed it. There were trace, mar you know, trace marijuana or whatever in her urine, and so the job offer was rescinded. She sued, and last week it came out. She lost. And her concern was, wait, you know, weed's legal. Why should it matter? Because that boss didn't want to hire a stoner. Well, the example that I use is you wouldn't get the job if you tested drunk either. Right. Okay. So the right. things that you yeah. do in your private life, you know I'm a big fan of privacy. It should stay private. Mm -hmm. But the employer has the right, because a job is a privilege and not a right, the, the employer has the right to determine what their potential rules are. Those have nothing to do um, with state laws very often. Remember mm -hmm. we were talking that one episode, why work is not a democracy. It's definitely a monarchy because, you know, the interests of the business will always be the first priority. Mm -hmm. So having a sober workforce is a requirement that a business is allowed to you know, mm -hmm. stand up for. So, I figure most people looking for jobs nowadays clear out their systems as like, yeah, just in case anyway. So That's, if she didn't go into it with that mindset, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying shame on you, but maybe be a little more attentive to your timing. It really depends on her situation, too. If she's not doing it for medical reasons or legitimately like using it if it's just like oh well, i just i was at a concert and i smoked a joint the other night that's why i didn't pass it but it's mm -hmm. legal now so why not mm -hmm. you know um 
then I can see where an employer is coming from. It's like, well, if you don't care enough, I mean, that's just careless. Right. You knew you had an interview coming up, and if it was going to go well, most places, drug test. Yeah, I think it was. She was probably testing the system because everybody was getting clean before when it was, quote, unquote, illegal or only legal for medical purposes. And, yeah, I think that's the big lesson is even though it's now recreationally legal here in Michigan, you still have to make sure if you're in the market for a job, Keep your system clean, and then after you've landed the job, your private time's your private time, but you still can't come to work stoned. That'll get you fired, too. Mm-hmm. So I just I thought it was, um, it was interesting, and it was information that I thought we should share as a public service announcement mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> to make sure. It's still federally illegal, people. I know. Yeah, just because, what, how many states legalized it now? There's still a few that there's, haven't. There's counties that have opted out of that in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, in so Michigan. So just no. make sure you know the rules of where you live in, folk. Mm-hmm. folk. And the rules of the company. <laughs> folk. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Don't be ignorant. (laughs) So the other thing I wanted to talk about, because we brought up Bernie earlier. um, Did you guys see that thing that came out about our bubbles? Our bubbles? I did not. You got to be more specific, Jenny. So (laughs) I don't know if it's a sociological term or a political term, but they talk about... um, the way you live, the people who you surround yourself with, your socioeconomic status, your educational background, your geography, all of those things make up what are called your bubble. So the environment that you live in and that you spend most of your time in. And there are thin bubbles, which are people who uh, cross all kinds of boundaries. And then there are very thick bubbles for people who really only stay within their little universe of the world. And, uh, I guess they've been measuring this for a while, and one of the things that came out that was new is that our, because we're all so politically divided, our opportunity to engage with people who are outside of our bubble has been shrinking dramatically. So, for example, very few people in your family will have different political opinions, very few couples will get married or date people who have different opinions now. Everybody's getting really isolated, which doesn't take a rocket scientist to identify that, except that it finished, the article finished with this one throwaway statistic that said 75% of your diversity experiences, so different political views, different lifestyles, different backgrounds, 75% of your interactions with people who are not in your bubble will happen at work. I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock, isn't that the truth? We spend a lot of time at work. Well, it makes sense. Well, and if you think about it, because those... You don't necessarily choose who's around you. Either. Exactly. You're not that. hanging out with your friends that do have like-minded views. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to throw something <laughs> yeah, out there that my parents are split, and they are two completely different ends of the spectrum, and it drives me nuts. Because I, I think that used to be more common than it is now. Why does it drive you nuts? It gave you a much broader perspective on things. Well, I'm always hearing crap about this side from uh, this one and then crap about this side from this one and my I'm 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 not going to get into this too much cuz I don't know what I should say well let me ask you something do you feel like it's gotten more volatile in I recent I feel like years? it's gotten personal mm-hmm. it moves away from politics at a point and I'm just sick of it so do you think that the current atmosphere has thrown gasoline on that fire that yeah. was always slowly burning Maybe, but I don't feel like just because you like somebody that somebody else disagrees with, that means that you should attack the person. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Couldn't uh, agree more. That's what's going on. Well, that's what grabbed me about the article, because what 
again, back to my my work hack here, and I know we've talked about politics on the show before, but if you're only ever around people who think like you in your personal life, your skills to cope and communicate mm-hmm. and navigate effectively are going to be diminished, yeah. but you have to have those skills at work because if you are antagonistic, um, unable, intolerant, whatever, it will create problems yeah. for you. I feel like we're all okay with talking about different things that we believe in here without Yeah, I think when we conflict and I think most people know too that if they like if they got something that's not a popular opinion, just keep it to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if or if you're talking to somebody who knows like basically if they if you know they agree with you, fine, you can talk with them about it, but just you know, be sensitive to other people's mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To tie this into the millennial, you know, stigma that like we're all snowflakes and we're too sensitive (laughs) and blah 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 I think is you know it's just the complete opposite I think we're always for the most part people are willing to listen and respond and um like you were saying engage in these type Mm -hmm. of conversations for the most part I don't tend to just because like I don't usually have a strong enough opinion worth Mm -hmm. like sharing but I don't mind I don't mind listening to somebody else's opinion at all. I feel like there's so many adults on Facebook that argue about politics nowadays, and I don't really see as many young people arguing about it as intently as the adults do. I'm just like, wow. So this ties back beautifully with, Alana, why you were asking me why I love millennials. Mm -hmm. The snowflake thing annoys the hell out of me. And here's why. I'm not a snowflake, I'm, I'm being you guys for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm a more evolved and informed individual. Mm-hmm. And so my understanding of the way things should be, inclusive, diverse, supportive, polite, whatever, my art stick is different than yours. But as I came into your world, boomers, I saw all kinds of shit that was totally inappropriate. Yeah. Just because I raised my hand and said, wait a minute, this is wrong, doesn't mean that I'm coddled. It means that I have the courage and the insight to call out something that generations before me have said are okay. And the number one example of that is me too. Mm -hmm. There are reams of research that show what an Xer or a boomer would tolerate in terms of sexual harassment versus what a young millennial will tolerate. Mm -hmm. And it is night and day. That doesn't mean that you're a snowflake. Mm -hmm. No. So that's a great example. I hate how that's become a pejorative, too, Mm -hmm. of how what I see as intellectual curiosity, higher standards, informed thinking somehow becomes an insult Mm -hmm. because you're so easily offended. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people, like, they just... um, they want something to be upset about or, like, yeah. protest about, like, just to feel like they're part of something. You know what I mean? Like, that. No, sometimes people are generally, genuinely uh, interested in whatever, you know, the movement is about. But, like, sometimes people just want something to be upset about, and I just don't. I don't, I don't subscribe it. to that at I'm all. I'm just here to be yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we all get along and be nice to each other? Because at the end of the day, regardless of what you think or you think or you think, I'm going to be nice to you if you're nice to me. I really don't care at at the core what what you know what your favorite color is and what you think of this politician and what your favorite food is compared to mine. Uh, that's just a very light example. Mm-hmm. If we can get along and be nice to each other, like what you like, mm-hmm. I like what I like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're a bad person and I'm a good person or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Or, or for pretty much that matter, what's right or wrong? I mean, 
honestly, we... It's a matter of opinion. Exactly. It is a matter of opinion, but we there is a general core of people know that they're of what's right and wrong. I think at the end of the day, you know, you know, there's there's something like I, I don't care who you are, whether you're a snowflake or not. You know that there's or, a there's a right and right. And a wrong line. Wrong. There's a line. <laughs> there, there's definitely a line with things. But I, I will. Here's the greatest irony of all. The, the generation that coined what you guys are talking about, I think, were the hippies when they came up with live and let live, which is all Kelsey's saying. And I, I said it's ironic because now very often that's where some of the most narrow-minded and angry judgment can come from, the same generation who said live and let live in this very open and loving society. So back to, you know, the hippies were a very small percentage of the baby boomer generation and just presented as a much larger one. But let's all just live and let live. That's how I, I feel. Love, I love that one, Kelsey. That's a, that's a great way to wrap up Millennials in the News, which is what I'll call this episode. <laughs> It was fun going over everything with you guys. Thanks Thank so much you. for talking. No problem. Yeah. See you next time on Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt. Ooh. Bye. Yeah, sing us out, Kelsey. <laughs> I'll kiss us out. Mwah.